open your Bibles to Acts uh, chapter 8. I'm going to read uh, verses 26 to 40. A story that we know, uh, probably most of us know about, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, anyone need a Bible? Put your hands up. I think, I think they went round earlier, didn't they? Excellent. So Acts uh, chapter 8. Uh, I'll read that in a second. But I've got some good news, bad news, uh, first of all. The good news is, uh, you may not agree with this, uh, I think the good news is there are 30,000 or so registered Christian ministers in this country. That's good news. It's sort of good news. I don't know what number I am. I'm one of them. Uh, but, so hopefully it's good news. That's the good news. The bad news is there's 80,000 registered witches or mediums in this country. Did you know that? I only found that out the other week when I was preaching about uh, down at South Green last week um, about the battle that we're in, you know, as Kevin said, putting the armour of God. 80,000 registered. There's probably a few unregistered ones uh, in there as well, and certainly a lot of people uh, going down that dark route. Good news is Jesus, God himself, walked this earth and showed us how to live. That's good news, isn't it? I can see you're so excited about these things. Uh, the bad news is uh, most of the country that we live in think he's a mythical figure. That's the bad news. Good news is Jesus died for me and for you. That's good news, isn't it? Oh, it's getting, we're getting there now. It's good, isn't it? The bad news is that most of the world don't think they need him to die. Well, they say, when you say to someone, Jesus died for you, that's very nice of him. What for? They don't know they need a saviour. The good news is that God chooses to use you personally and me as his witnesses. That's good news, isn't it? You all get very excited about that, I know. The bad news is you may not feel equipped or you don't think you're a good witness and sometimes we're left flailing in the dark. The good news is that God is with you all the time because the Bible says, says so. And he never leaves you or forsake you. He's with you to the very end of the age. And that was said in the context of evangelism. And as Christine said, we either believe the Bible or we don't. Well, he says he's with us to the very end of the age. And uh, we're not there yet. Uh, We're in this age and he's with us. God's spirit lives within you if you're a Christian. This is good news. But 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. And I I just, if I I asked you this morning, if, if someone... At the moment you walked out of this church, or even in the church building, said, said to you, you know, what, why have you got your faith? What is, what is it? Would you be prepared with your answer? Would you be ready? Would you say, oh, I know what I'm going to say? Or do you think you're left floundering because you've not really thought about it? And what I want to encourage you to do this morning, at the end of, end, end of this morning anyway, is to think about what you would say. Think about opportunities that God may have already given you that you've missed, or maybe you've taken them up. Uh, But think about it. Be prepared. That's what the Bible says. Be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. And, you know, I don't go into meetings unprepared. I get get stressed on, on, well, lots of things. But two things I get stressed about is being late. I can't stand being late. I I stress. I get early. I'm normally early for everything. When I am late, it really stresses me out. Uh, But the other thing is not being prepared. I don't like to go uh, not prepared into any meeting. I like to have the facts and the figures and know where I am. Not because it makes me look or sound clever, but I think actually it's due diligence. You want to be ready. So why wouldn't I be prepared to give an answer for the hope that I have? And I am. I can tell you that because I've had to think about this. When I teach alphas and we talk about uh, uh, sharing with others and we we say what are the various ways 
uh, that you can be prepared. But the Bible says always be prepared. You never know when that God opportunity is going to come up. And this passage I'm going to read now, probably thinking he's ever going to get to the passage. We've heard one, one bit of the Bible, nothing to do with, with what he's about to say. But, but we're going to look at this passage and it shows us that opportunities present themselves and that we have to be ready to take advantage of the opportunity to be a witness in the world. Not everyone is an evangelist, although some people in here will be, but everybody is a witness. And Jesus says you are to be witnesses to the very ends of the world. Fantastic. We're caught up in that journey. So let's, um, let's look at this and, uh, and uh, see what we can learn. So from verse 26, Acts chapter 8. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. What was that? For a moment there I thought, ooh, okay. (laughs) Have I read it wrong? Where was I? Oh, yes. Um, This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they travelled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water, why shouldn't I be baptised? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptised him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. So, there's lots in that passage, and I've preached on this passage many times, and it's one of my favourite passages, because it speaks about opportunity, being ready, evangelism, sharing, uh, and a result, actually, you know, this conversion to Christ, and, and a baptism, all in the same passage. Uh, no baptismal classes were held. It was, he was ready, he'd heard the gospel, and that's it. Why shouldn't I get baptised? Why shouldn't I get baptised? And, and as we think about ourselves this morning, are you prepared to be a witness for Christ? Because the Bible says you are his witnesses. And whenever you go out from this place, you are his witnesses. You're witnesses within this place. But you're, when the church is scattered, I've said before, it's its most effective. Because you're out in all your various communities and families being witnesses. You and God together, amazing. And I find that really exciting. I get really excited, when I, if, especially if I pray for opportunities, because honestly, most of the time they happen. Sometimes they don't. And then I think, oh, maybe I've done something wrong, or I've missed it, or I didn't spot it. Uh, but normally they do. And the great news is that Jesus said, I'll be with you to the very end of the age, and he goes with us and gives us those opportunities. And the question this morning is, are you prepared for them? Are you prepared to be a witness in the world? Or are you going to turn up to that meeting unprepared, no notes, and you know, you're left floundering? Don't do that in our evangelism, our witnessing. Be ready with the answer. It can be fairly simple. And this passage really is about the Holy Spirit and witnessing, or Holy Spirit and evangelism, because it's very God-led, isn't it? Very, very God-led. 
And we've got to be prepared. Sometimes, I like to think I'm prepared uh, on many things, but sometimes, uh, and I don't know if I've shared, I think I did, if I've shared it again, you're going to hear the same story, and you probably weren't all here. But I went to the barbers. Have I told you this? Yes? No? I went to the barbers. I have? I don't know if I have or not. I'm going to tell you again. Um, I went to the barbers. God, I felt God speak to me uh, uh, about this because I'd been running Alpha at Cindy and Simon's house and um, we'd spoke about um, opportunities and praying for them and evangelism and everything else. And, um, you know, they say you should practice what you preach. It's not a bad... Uh, so it depends what you preach, I suppose. But, but if you preach well, you should practice it. And so I went to the barbers. And the barbers, for me, I went down Billericay High Street and um, I didn't pray for an opportunity. And to be honest, I was a bit worn out. And it was the day after I'd been telling everybody else, else how they should be witnessing and evangelising, being ready for opportunities. I was really good at talking about it. Um, so that's, that's no problem. So there I am in the barber's chair. And for me, the barber's is a little place, half an hour, a bit of me time. You know, it's my equivalent of a little spa break. You know, I don't have to talk about nothing. I t- tend to just sit there and, you know, you try and say, how's your day? Yeah, fine, you know, let's not go any further. I just want to relax. Anyway, so this fella, young fella, um, and it was the new one. Have you been to the new barbers in Billericay? You know, it's got they, the teal. No, you wouldn't have. No, so of half of you been to the new barbers in Billericay. <laughs> it's got it's got like half a car, and they put the teal in the car. It's very trendy, and and me being uh, a trendy sort of person. <laughs> yeah. um, I thought I'd go along there and try that, and they were selling me all sorts of oils and everything. I thought this is good. It's fifteen quid or whatever it was for a haircut. I ended up spending so much more with stuff that I'm never going to use. But anyway, that's a whole different story. Um, he was a good salesman. Um, but he said to me, so, because it was a Friday, you see, most people are working on Friday, so, so uh, you, in your lunch hour? I said, oh, no, I'm f- no, no, not really, no, I'm fairly flexible, really, just had a moment. And I'd actually been in Waitrose and thought, I'll pop over, it looks empty. So there's no great, um, Waitrose is good if ever you want a church meeting, you notice that? <laughs> Loads of people in Waitrose. Um, and um, so I've quickly popped over. And he said, so, so, what? oh, it's not your lunch. Is it your day off then? I said, no, 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 I'm sort of flexi time. Um, and uh, I can, you know, I'm nearly going to say I can do what I want, but that paints a bad impression. <laughs> and, um, and he said, all right. He said, what do you do? And do you know what I said? I said, well, I used to be a broker. He said, what? I said, I used to be a broker. And I thought, I just don't want, I, can't, I just need a little rest. And he said, what do you mean you used to be a broker? I said, well, I used to be a broker. He said, what do you do now? Oh. He, said, he said, that is the strangest... And I thought about it, well, it is a stupid answer. So then I said, well, you know, I'm a, and I always, when I say a Baptist minister, they, say, they normally say, oh, is that Christian? And uh, depending what mood I'm in, I'll give various answers. And, and I said, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a church minister. He went, oh, right. and then we had this great conversation. And there's no great ending to this. He didn't, we didn't walk along and see a puddle, and he said, look, here is some water, why shouldn't I be baptised? I'm not as good. I'm not as good. As, um, as Philip. But I felt, I pondered on it later on, and I thought, I've just done Alpha and told everybody to be ready for their opportunity. And there I was doing everything in my power not to have the conversation. And I ended up giving him the gospel. Not in a, I mean, God did it, really. He said, well, what's it all about? And I said, well, you know, he said, well, you sing the songs you do. I said, yeah, why'd you do that? And we had this conversation. And at the end, he said, that's really interesting. He said, I've really liked your company. And then went on to sell me £15 worth of product. So I think, 
I'm not sure who the better salesman was. My product was definitely better, but I'm not sure he bought into it. But there was an opportunity, and it was led by the Spirit of God. I didn't go out of my five spiritual laws to salvation, or four, or however many you've got. I just went there and was there. And despite my protest, God used that to be able to share uh, good news. I wasn't prepared to be a witness. And in this passage, it's all about the Holy Spirit and evangelism. And we don't want to, don't be like me, um, where those moments come up and then you, you, you let them go. They do come up. There are moments where God's going to lead you with promptings of the Spirit. And this morning as we look at this passage, you'll see it was the Holy Spirit that was guiding Philip in his evangelism. All of you would have had, I would have thought if you've asked them, God moments where you a prompting or a thought or a person and just go with it. Be ready for it. It was the Holy Spirit that's guiding Philip here. Um, you can call them whatever you want. You know, divine appointment, God-given moments, anointed moments. It just happens. They're not forced. Uh, you might be concerned how you're going to start a conversation. You get yourself in a bit of a state, but just let it go uh, because God's in control. And he said he'll never leave you or forsake you and he's with you to the very end of the age. So you've got to believe that because Christine said we've got to believe the Bible. And I'm going to go with Christine because you know, she scared me a bit today, telling me to sing up. <laughs> I started singing a bit louder and, you know, I'm going to listen to Christine. She practices what she preaches. It's good. So we need to learn to listen to God's voice and his promptings. Of course, there are times when you might plan and, it, you know, oh, tonight I'm going to get on the conversation. I'm going to be a really good witness. And this doesn't happen. Don't beat yourself up about it. It's not only about you. It's about God as well. But we do need to listen to, his, uh, to those small voice, that small voice that happens. And then, then get on, then get on with it. Don't, don't miss it. Philip didn't seem to have that problem. Look at verse 26 and the beginning of verse 27. Do you see it there? Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So, and it says, so he started out. No sort of, well, you know, I'm going to pop into Waitrose and I'm sure I'll see Bernard there because he's always there and uh, I need to ask him a few questions and then I'll go and do whatever I feel God is telling me to do or then I'll make the phone call because there's always distractions uh, in life. Someone uh, from this congregation was showing me uh, just the other week, uh, came into the office and uh, they were going about their business and they just got a prompting and, and so I knew I had to go and see this lady and, and went to see her and it was, it, was a, it was a divine appointment. The timing was perfect. And, and you need to listen because it's easy to let it go by. Oh, no, I've just got to go and do that job. Yeah, but why did that, why did that thought uh, come into your head? You've got to really listen to that voice. And we're told uh, that an angel of the Lord told Philip what to do. We see there in verse 29, it's the Spirit instructing Philip. Philip. And in verse 39, it's the Spirit of the Lord who takes Philip away. So we can identify, really, the angel of the Lord uh, with the Spirit of the Lord, which is actually very common in uh, Jewish thought at the time. But whatever way you look at it, Philip was on his way by divine guidance whether by an impression or an inner compulsion or picture or audible voice, we don't know. He heard and he went. And he was a witness. And the opportunity presents itself. So that's the first point. Right? We've got to listen for those promptings, though, that God's voice, those moments you get a stirring about somebody or your thoughts are disturbed in an almost unnatural way. Think, why have they just come to mind? Maybe, just maybe, that's the Holy Spirit prompting you to action. It normally is. That's my experience. If I've stepped out in faith, it's normally just at the right time when that's happened. Many times I've turned up on a doorstep to find the time was just right. I used to have an elder back at my old church, and they used to just turn up. And Andrew go, what's he, what's he doing here? Go, you know, and it would always be an opportune moment. He said, I just felt God saying, I need to knock on your door. And I was so tempted sometimes. So we've knocked now, you can go. <laughs> but I didn't. And it was normally a, a, a very 
uh, timely thing. He's very good at it. And I remember he, we sat down together and prayed. And he said, I'll just as soon as someone comes to mind, and it's off, you know, if I'm going to go and visit Ben, I'm thinking of Ben. But while I'm visiting Ben, Christine comes to mind. I'm going to think, okay, I need, might need to follow that up. And I better do as I'm told, because Christine will tell me off, because I've not done what the Bible says. So those moments happen. Those mo- moments happen. We need to listen. But just, I want you to be encouraged this morning that God is with you in all these things. Um, recently, I went on a, um, on a dinner uh, with some uh, girlfriends, and uh, I was getting a little bit anxious about it, and I was praying um, how, to, how to, you know, maybe have a conversation or, you know, live out what I preach and, and all that sort of business. And um, the day before, I actually played golf, and uh, one of them said, looking forward to the dinner tomorrow night. Uh, they call me the Rev. Uh, they said, looking forward to the dinner t- tomorrow, Rev. Don't come out with any God stuff, though, because, like, we're going to have a fun time. I said, well, you can have a fun time with God. He goes, no, don't, he said, don't bring it up. I said, okay, I won't. So I went home, I was a bit demoralised, and um, I just prayed and said, okay, Lord, I, you know, I'm going, I will be your witness, but I can't, you know, I've got to respect, I, I could do damage if I go, yeah, go that other way. And um, I, just, I didn't hear any voice or anything like that, it's just the thought came, well, just leave it to me. And, uh, and then I sort of said, oh, yeah, I can't be, just leave it to me. And it just kept coming back, so I said, okay, well, that's easy, I can do that, I'll go have a good time, and I haven't got to worry, I'll pretend I'm in the barbers. And... Um, <laughs> So we go out, and the same person, about halfway through, said, so how's life with you then? I said, well, a family of one. I went through it. He goes, oh, what about all the church stuff? How's that going? I said, well, you don't want to talk about it. And he said, um, no, he said, it's all right. You can, you can. I said, no, I don't, want to, I said, I don't want to talk about theater. I don't want to put you under any, uh, any pressure. He goes, well, you're not. He said, I'm asking you. I said, yeah, but yesterday you said I'm not to bring up. Now we're arguing. But now we're arguing. See, I'm saying, no, 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 you've upset me now. I'm not going to talk about it. And he's saying, please talk about it. And it got to the point, I did. And I invited him to have him. And he, 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 was, he was very much, um, no, it's just not, it's true for you. It's not true for me. I said, well, you know, that is the stupidest thing anyone said, because I'm very good at, you know, sensitivity. I said, it's the stupidest thing. How can it be true? It's either true or it's not. Either I'm a fool or I'm not. And I don't think I am, which, you know, that makes you. And he says, yeah, he said, you call me a fool. I said, well, the Bible says, you know, the uh, fool in their heart says there is no God. So I said, you know, I said, in, in my set, I think you should look at it. I think it's the biggest question you can ask yourself in life. Why wouldn't you at least explore it? And the other guy uh, said, yeah, I can totally see that. And, he, and they start arguing. Right? Now, the other guy, who's not a Christian, starts defending the Christian faith. And me, who doesn't need defending, I didn't want to talk about it. I was going to go and get a haircut and have a day off. And so, and so they start, he goes, well, and so he goes, well why wouldn't you, if, if, wouldn't you want to know if there's a God or not? He goes, no, it doesn't interest me. He goes, how can you not be interested as a God or not? I'd want to explore that. And then, because I'm not prepared, I'm struggling around for my alpha leaflet, which I didn't have on me, because then I would have gone, why don't you come to alpha? <laughs> which I've since done. Uh, and he's turned me down. But I did my job. So those two start arguing. I'm sitting there, and the thought just came into my told you. <laughs> Leave it to me. Leave it to me. And so they start. So one is defending the fact that you should explore whether God exists or not. And that's the biggest question you could possibly ask yourself, while the other one is arguing back with him, back at him, uh, saying, well, I don't see a need. And they were arg- arguing the rationale 
behind the thinking. I'm sitting back enjoying my pizza. Theirs is getting cold. I'm not even, you know, do you see what, God is just, was just in that conversation. And since then, of course, there has been more conversations as well. We need to know when God is, God is with us all the time. We need to know when he's doing a work. And we need to learn that language of the Holy Spirit, the inner prompting. Just go with it. Relax. Don't be like, oh, go and be a witness now. Just be yourself and go, just let it flow. Let the spirit just flow in those God-given opportunities. Um, conversations when you get, they say, don't talk about politics or religion. You end up speaking about both of them, don't you? I know a bit about one, one of those subjects, not a lot about the other. Um, but um, but I, I want to ask you this morning, are you ready? Are you prepared with the answer? If someone said to you, why are you a Christian? Or what do you believe? You can come out with the, which is all true, well, Jesus died for me. Well, they won't know why. You know, actually, or washed in the blood of the Lamb. That sounds appealing. You know, they won't know. My stock answer, which I've, I've told you before, is simply, uh, I'm just passionate about my faith and it means everything to me. And then I leave it. I don't, you know, they, they will normally, they'll either let it go, but normally it takes a few more glasses of wine maybe. They'll say, well, tell us more. Why does it mean so much? And then you've got your in, and you can talk about it. You've been given permission. But I do relax about it. I don't get flustered anymore. Carrying on, we read of the Ethiopian eunuch. Now, you, you know what a eunuch is? Do you? What is a eunuch? Bunch of fibbers. All right, we've got one. Go on then. know that did you <laughs> I did I did quite right you wouldn't want to be a eunuch right it's painful uh, you wouldn't be, want to be the eunuch but they were very important uh, people and here we've got the Ethiopian eunuch he's on his way home from Jerusalem in his chariot uh, the circumstances present themselves you know you've got to say was Philip just lucky that he bumped into that person are you lucky that you bump into a person or is it God's timing again Philip hears the voice of the spirit in verse 29 go to that chariot and stay near it and Philip is now presented with the opportunity so as uh, Andy told us a, a eunuch a castrated male um, you wouldn't want to be one of them. Uh, later on, it was a term given if you was a custodian to the royal harems. In Deuteronomy 23, um, when, they, when you look at the Mosaic law, they were forbidden to enter the congregation. Uh, they were considered uh, unclean. And later, Isaiah prophesies about a day when that disability will be removed and their loss compensated. And sure enough, here we have Philip opening up the scriptures to somebody that would have been considered unworthy. And it's just, it's just overwhelming, the grace of God. Yeah, nobody is un- unworthy. All the people out in Billericay, they're all worthy of knowing God. Everybody, people in here are worthy of knowing God. And God reaches out and he uses us as his witnesses. And so, uh, Philip hears the eunuch reading Isaiah. Uh, we know it's Isaiah 53 and it's talking about Jesus. Uh, can you sort of picture the scene? We're told in verse 27, the eunuch is an important official. Okay, but Philip's going to go and speak to him. He's not, he's not a respecter of, of the position of the person. He's, he's just there doing what God's told him to do. And you get this image of Philip running alongside uh, the chariot. Maybe he's puffing a bit, but he knows God has put him in this uh, position. So he, he asked a question, do you understand what you're reading? And in the reply, the opportunity presents itself. How can I unless someone explains it to me? So Philip needed to know uh, his story, his faith, the Bible. And he goes on to join him, and he starts with that passage. He starts where the person is at already, in their journey. And then he, he teaches him uh, the truth of Christ. 
And so uh, it brings me to a second point. They've got someone who they didn't understand the gospel encountering somebody who did. And the person who did starts with the, where he is and then, uh, and then journeys with him. And there's a world out there that doesn't know about Jesus. They know him as a swear word. They know him as a mythical figure. Uh, they know him as someone who's not true. Uh, they don't know him. They don't know him. And they need to know him. We have this... We have this great privilege as Christians to be witnesses. God calls us to be witnesses to him. And so like the unit, they don't understand sometimes even the basics of what we believe as Christians. Surveys now, you know, Easter, they do these things, don't they, where you go on a high street and say, what does Easter mean for you? And, you know, loads of them don't know it's even a Christian uh, time in the Christian calendar. Uh, One of the answers was the government likes to give us two days off. I mean, you know, they just don't know it's about... Christianity Um, and you know whose fault is that it's not their fault it's our fault you know where are we where's the light where's the salt so I have to say here Philip isn't looking around uh, for his minister is he unless someone explains it to me oh let's call Ian or Gary or whoever it is Um, let's get them to explain he does it himself and and actually every Christian is to be a witness it's not just uh, the job of of the 30,000 ministers against the 80,000 witches it's for all of us to be witnesses it might not be that you're evangelist but you do have a story Um, it might be that you say I haven't got the answer to your question but we do have an alpha course it might be that you point them in someone's direction but at least be willing uh, to, to share a part of your story, because all of you have a testimony. But Philip starts where the eunuch's at, and from that base he begins to explain the gospel himself. And all of us uh, need to be ready, need to be prepared. What's the, what do you think the number one way of someone becoming a Christian is? You reckon it's a sermon? The preacher's good? Conversation with a friend. Conversation with a friend, exactly right. 45% of people become Christians through a friend, through the witness of a friend. Someone they trust, maybe they invite them to the church, maybe they've never been to church. Maybe they just looked at the person and thought, I want what she's got or he's got. So they used to have this peace. The, the passage we read from Philipp- Christine read from Philippians, this peace, even in the midst of, of some dire need sometimes. Or they might hear about how the church is surrounding them in love and care through their dark times. And, and you say, yeah, the church is great. We're a mixed up bunch of people. We don't get it all right. But we get a lot right. And we do a lot of good things, and we do it in the name of Christ. But 45% of people become Christians as a result of the witness of a friend. And it could be that you're sitting here today identifying more with the eunuch as someone who doesn't understand or hasn't accepted Christ. And you need to do something with that. Gospel uh, means good news, and you are being witnessed to right now. Uh, there's no excuse. Um, you know, we need, we're going to celebrate a baptism uh, this evening. This is good. Uh, it's biblical. Repent, believe, be baptised, and you'll be filled with the Spirit. It's because someone is responding to the good news. And as a result of Philip uh, willing to share that, the problem is now solved. The eunuch understands. And what happens next? It's what we're doing tonight. Well, Philip must have done a good job because after he's finished, the eunuch asks why he shouldn't be baptised. Uh, you'll see in your Bibles, we don't have a verse 37. Did you notice that as I was reading it? It goes from 36 to 38. And that's because uh, some of the later manuscripts add... Uh, part and you'll see in your footnotes if you've got a church bible it tells you why but later manuscripts add verse 37 and philip says if you believe with all your your heart you may if you believe in god that's good is not enough because the devil believes in god you can believe in god it's what you do with that information it's it's putting your life uh, and trust in and trusting christ and what he did on the cross and that's what 
uh, Ella is testifying about uh, this evening. The eunuch understands. He gives his life. He gives his life and he, and he knows he has to be baptised. Philip must have done a good job because he, he must have had the baptism in there. It was part of, of the gospel story. Baptism was taught by Jesus, demonstrated by Jesus, then the apostles, then the early church. The outward sign of an inner change. Belief, then baptism. And it's got to be the person's decision. You can only, you can only lead the horse to water, no pun intended. Um, they've got to make that decision to become a Christian, get baptised. And Philip's done that job. The Spirit of the Lord suddenly takes Philip away uh, and the eunuch continues his journey rejoicing. He's heard the good news. He's done something about it. He's rejoicing now. Life may not be easy, but he's got God in it. This is good news. So we started with that problem. We end with the answer. And so for us, as we go out into the world, uh, just to remind you, Listen, ask God for those opportunities. Ask him to speak. Ask him for the promptings, and he will give them to you. Whatever way he speaks to you, uh, whether it's a thought, a voice, um, an inner sense, whatever, through his word, listen. It takes time. And in our busy lives, we must find that time to listen to him. Pray. Pray for the opportunity. Pray to hear. Say, God, you know, pray. God, speak to me. I want to be your witness. Help me. He's going to be with you to the very end of the age. And then anticipate those moments. Be ready. Be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. Rely on the Holy Spirit. You don't have to force things. Uh, as soon as you feel like you're forcing it, maybe just hold off a bit. Let God, let God do it. Rest in the Holy Spirit. Of course, we have to do our part, but we can relax. It's, not, it's, not, it's a big deal because it's important. It's not such a big deal that the, the weight of the world has to land heavy on your shoulders. It's God. He's just using you. You can stay calm. It can take a while. You might be just one part of, of a person's journey. Um, but then um, when the opportunity comes, you must be ready. And if you're prepared, you will be. Be ready to speak. We're, we're, to be a, a disciple, to look at discipleship, to be a disciple of Christ is to make new disciples. It's part of our mission statement. He commanded us in the Great Commission, right at the end of Matthew, when he said, I'll be with you to the very end of the age. And like Philip, we've got to be ready and willing to share the good news. I think the statistic is 95% of Christians never lead another one, never, never lead someone to Christ. And, and, and all of you are able to do that. All of you are able to lead someone to Christ. And it might be that you're sitting here this morning and you think, well, I need to listen, I need to hear. Maybe you've got to surrender your life and say, well, I'll become a Christian. And if you are, you know, speak to us and we'll baptise you tonight if we think you're ready. But there's something else that goes through the whole account uh, as I finish. And, and the whole thing that holds it all together is obedience. Um, everyone was willing. Everyone was willing. The angel of the Lord tells Philip to go south to the road. So it says, so he started out. He did what he was told, obedience. When the Spirit tells Philip to go to the chariot, he runs, obedient. Philip gave the gospel to the eunuch. When the eunuch understands, he wants to get baptised immediately. Not, I've repented, I've believed, but I'm not really ready for baptism yet. Maybe another little time, a little later, you've got a booklet you can give me. He, he wants to get baptised straight away. He's understood the gospel. He sees it as part of his conversion experience. He gets baptised because that's what the word of God says. The eunuch is obedient. All of them are, are demonstrating obedience, whether it's listening to the promptings of God, whether it's sharing the good news, or whether it's listening to the good news and doing something about it. Repent, turn to God, believe in what Christ has done on the cross, get baptised, and then you will be filled with the Spirit. And this is what the Bible says. And Christine told me that I need to look at the Bible and do as it says. So that's what we should be doing. Repent, believe, be baptised, be filled with the Spirit. And this is the account that's given to us in the story of Philip and the Ethiopian unit. They were obedient, they acted, and then in the power of the Spirit they achieved. And you can do the same. And there is this world out there. 
uh, running around like mad. I mean, I, honestly, it seems to me like it's getting crazier uh, by the day and stuff I read in the news or uh, look at on the TV. And everyone's getting busy with their lives and time's passing by and they're on the wrong road. And you've been called to be a witness of a different way. There will be moments where opportunities present themselves. Be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. Be ready to be a witness. Be ready with your testimony. It doesn't have to be long. Often, I often say three minutes. A minute of what was life was like, a minute of what happened, and a minute what it's like now. You know, and, and speak about the faithfulness of God. Uh, invites to various things. It can be church, it can be Alpha, it can be something we're putting on. Uh, conduct of character, just the way you live your life. Uh, and sometimes it'll be hard, and sometimes it'll be sacrificial, but you've been called to be a witness. Why do you need to be a witness? Because there's less ministers in this country than there are witches and occult practices. 30,000 versus 80,000. But you're an army of people. You can go out into the world and make such a difference. Uh, it'll be, and, and it's exciting when you're with someone on that journey. You're the people of God. They call us the church. And I've asked before, you know, are we supposed to be a cruise liner, enjoying ourselves, enjoying ourselves or are we supposed to be the lifeboat? Pulling people in, being ready. Because they've got a moment, a destiny of an eternity without God while they're in denial and they're listening to the untruths that the world throws at them. The question is, this morning, are you willing? Will you be obedient? Will you listen for the promptings and will you act? Whether it's bringing to church, whether it's the church scattered out there. The Holy Spirit, I just want to encourage you, will be with you always. You'll never be alone. So be ready for those opportunities. And you know, Ruth uh, has just been appointed elder for evangelism. Speak to Ruth, speak to me. We want to probably develop a team around that. I know she's got some good ideas already uh, that she's uh, going to bring to us. Uh, maybe think about someone you could bring along to Alpha. You know, it hurts a bit. It's going to take some of your time, probably a Thursday evening, but bring someone along. Be part of their journey. They'll thank you forever. Be part of the team. Be prepared. As I say, my, my statement is, well, my faith's very important to me. It's easy. And then I let God... Take it down a direction wherever he wants to go. Not all of you are evangelists, as I said at the beginning, but some of you are, and you're not practising your gift. Or not exercising. If you think you are, come and see us. We'd love to help you. But all of you are witnesses, and you go in the power of the Spirit. All of you are witnesses, and we need that passion to want to witness, to want God's power and his, his story to go through your testimony. And uh, I think we're all up for that. But I think probably all of you want to do that. Am I right? Three of you, brilliant, good. Of course we all want to do it, but we haven't got the confidence. And we, we don't think it could poss- God could possibly use us sometimes, but he will. Please just trust me, pray for the opportunities, and they will present themselves. I would imagine you've got some stories already with the prayer on the streets, and, and at some point we need to hear them, because we need to be encouraged. Um, God is with you. All of you are here because somebody spoke to you about Christ. Uh, imagine if all of us led one person to Christ over the next year. Just imagine that. That doubles the church. Not just that it's about the church. The church, the people. It's, it's important. There are people hellbound, and they don't know it, and we haven't told them, so we need to tell them. So I'm going to pray for you, and um, just, yeah, I'll pray this prayer, and if you want it to be your prayer, just re- remember it. Pray it yourself. Pray for the opportunities. Pray for the words. Pray to recognise God moving in those opportunities. And then... And then do something with it. When, it. when it presents itself, be bold, be courageous. Remember, the Bible says God will never leave you or forsake you. Jesus said, I'll be with you to the very end of the age. Uh, when you're scattered, you're going to be effective.
So I think we're all up for that because there's, there's, there's a lot of work to be done. And the occult and witchcraft and wizardry is growing at a phenomenal rate. The Bibles are on the bottom shelf of Waterstones. The, the other books are higher and there's more of them. And so we are in a battle. You heard that last week. So we can pray, we can act, we can quote this and we can stand our ground. Because in that passage last week it was stand firm then. Once we'd heard all of everything that happened, stand firm and we can. So let me pray for you. Father, thank you for these words and this story of Philip and the Ethiopian uh, eunuch and we see all the different lessons. There's so much more uh, we could get out of the passage. But I pray, Lord, that people here, myself included, would be encouraged and believe that they are witnesses in the world. That we come to church to be refueled, refilled, but to be sent out in the power of the Spirit. Whether we witness by our character, our service, our sharing, Lord, whatever way it is, I pray that you will give people who ask the opportunities and they'll know absolutely they're from you. I pray, Lord, that we'd be a body of people that are bold enough just to witness about ourselves, about what happened, what happened to us and what Christ has done for us. I pray, Lord, at the dinner tables or the bars or the pubs or wherever we are, sports, golf, whatever it is, workplace, that, Lord, we'll have opportunities and I pray that you'll really encourage them because they'll see results. They'll see people come to know you. It may take minutes and it may take years. But I pray, Lord, for that they'll be so encouraged and recognise the power that is within them. So as we go scattered from this place, I pray we'll be effective uh, witnesses. Some will be effective evangelists. But Lord, we pray not for our glory, not for just church growth, not just for numbers. We pray because we know that you sent your son for the whole world and that whoever believes in him will never die. They'll have life. And so we pray for the town of Billericay and the surrounding areas and all the people we come into contact with. Lord, I pray that they'll be relaxed, but they'll know when you're prompting them and they'll speak the words and also they'll know when to just take a step back. And I pray, Lord, for church to grow, not for growth's sake, but for kingdom's sake. People are worshipping people, worshipping you, doing good in the world and making a difference. Help us to be prepared. Help us to think about what we would say if someone asked about the hope that we have. Please, Lord, give us the words. Give us the passion for the lost. In Jesus' name, amen.